Hey folks, Jeff Benjamin here along with Bruce Kelly for the Investment News Podcast, final podcast of the year. We want to kind of look back a little bit. We got the uh, big part of the staff coming on to, to share some of their thoughts about the year behind us and the year ahead. Yeah, some of the best from investment news we got coming up, Jeff, right? Yes, that's what we got coming up. We got a lot of good stuff coming up. I'm going to start it off here, and then uh, Bruce and I are going to kind of share some of our thoughts from the year and where we're going as we see it. Myself. Yeah, we all had an eventful year, right, Jeff? We did. Correcto. <laughs> Myself, I, uh, in April, what I... Uh, well and what didn't go so well for you, my friend? You had a lot of changes, right? I am getting that out right now, my friend Bruce Kelly, New York, New York. Yeah, in uh, April, I moved from Michigan to North Carolina, bought a house. In the middle of a pandemic. Over the phone, <laughs> out of foreclosure, and then spent all my money getting it ready to live in. And uh, <laughs> I'm living there now, and it's good. It's oh, amazing, and man. not snowing here. I uh, also learned to cut my own hair badly to the point where my... Uh, my son has since taken over those duties, and he's pretty good at it, better than I am. We launched a podcast this year, this wonderful yes, podcast, which is something that people said we couldn't even do before the pandemic, but the pandemic, be damned, we did our podcast and we're rolling. What about you, Bruce? Oh, it was uh, just looking back, you know, what an eventful year, man. You know, we had the election hanging over everything, I think. People who are pro-Trump or anti-Trump were totally fixated on that. We've had the pandemic, right, affecting everybody's lives. In March, we went to work remotely. You know, investment news, I mean, you've been working remotely for as long as I've known you, 20 years or something. Well, you yep. used to go to the office in Boston, right, when we had an investment news had an office in Boston. Right. Yeah, I did work in the Boston bureau there. But, but you, uh, you then you when you moved to Michigan, you began working remotely. So you've been doing this for a while. I've worked remotely at times, but only when I was doing special projects. So I really learned I missed the comradeship of the office. And I got sick as a dog in April. I never had a positive COVID test, but I had all the symptoms except for the shortness of breath. I had I had many, many of the other symptoms and I was really sick. Mm -hmm. And that lasted six to eight weeks. The, the, intense, the intense illness lasted about two weeks, but then I had symptoms for another two months, really. And then, you know, I was also really whipsawed this year by the, um, it's funny, you know, my thinking and my perception, and we've talked about this on the podcast and we've talked about it personally, how I was looking at this financial crisis, this crisis versus the last one. And I was so locked into what happened in 2007 to 2009 or 10 that I was misreading what was happening now mm -hmm. or what was happening back in February, March and April. You know, I thought it was going to be a replay of the last one, which went on for a really long time. And we've had this incredible bounce back, both in the stock market and, and the broader economy, even though there's lots of people out there who are hurting. You know, and we're sending all our thoughts out to those people during the holidays. But that was a little, a little lesson for myself, not to rely too much on the past when you're dealing with what's going on in front of you right now. And again, you mentioned the podcast, you know, so two things, you know, we launched this podcast, which people we've been trying, you and I have been trying to get a podcast investment news for years. We get a new boss, George Moriarty, about a year ago. Now we have a podcast. And then I've also learned how to make Baltimore style crab cakes. And I got to say, 
not too shabby on the old crab cakes there, Jeff Benjamin. <laughs> yes, I, uh, I have some history. I lived in Maryland for a number of years. My wife's from Maryland. My son was born in Maryland. I'm a big fan of those crab cakes. So I took a little time. I love to cook, as I've, as I've told you. So I've taken a little time and devoted that to my cooking. And my kids really enjoy, the, enjoy it. And it's just kind of a fun activity. So, All right. All right. Good stuff. But we got plenty of other great people from Investment News coming up. Is there anything else you, you want to add or should we just hand it over to them? Well, what, what, let's talk about what, what uh, is ahead for the year. I mean, I, I'm just kind of. Oh, I got one or two ideas for there. Yeah, right. I'm just speculating a little bit. But, you know, this vaccine catches on. We get a little bit of a breather from the pandemic and things right. start to open up a little bit. I mean, I, my sense is that we're, we've got a, a big enough taste of this working from home thing that it's going to be more of the norm, whether or not companies allow or permit or require some people to work from home or people just decide to do it more often. I think it's just going to be, it's not going to be working from home. It's just going to be work. And and that's the way we're probably looking at it. Hopefully we're going to get some some conferences and be able to travel a little bit. I do miss seeing people in person. Oh, I miss it terribly. I miss it terribly. Like I said, I really miss the, I, I, I miss the comradeship of the office. I went into the office over the summer a little bit but there was nobody there, you know? <laughs> so I really wanted to go back to the office. And then I just said, ah, what am I going to the office for? There's nobody there to talk to. Ryan Neal isn't right there for me to argue with. <laughs> yep. So hopefully we get there. We get, yeah. uh, we get open again. We I can mean, get I think we will. places. And, I think um, you're going to see, you know, and again, we've said this before, but it's the end of the year. So let's, we can repeat ourselves. You're, you're really going to see firms scale back, I think, by, I don't know, a third in their office size, 50% in their office size. And save money. You know, Jeff, real estate is a fixed cost. So if you can reduce that part of your balance sheet, you know, it's it's a huge win for the firm. And one other thing, if you're a wirehouse broker or wirehouse advisor and you're working out of your house or maybe you rented some office space or something mm-hmm. like that to work from, you got to be sitting there thinking, geez, why do I need to go to the big firm corner office here. What is that really getting me? I'm working with my clients. I'm maintaining my relationships with my clients. I'm making my clients happy. So I, I think it just pushes more advisors to just to think about breaking away from the big bank firm and maybe joining an RIA or starting their own RIA. All right. Should we hand it over to the, to, to the rest of the investment news crowd? Yeah, let's hear what everybody's got to say. I'm looking forward to this. Yep. Hi, Nicole Casperson here, fintech reporter. My personal biggest takeaway from 2020 is to always keep learning and stay woke and educated. We had blinders on before this pandemic hit and and it exposed the societal disparities that are so clear. I know it took a pandemic for me to take action. And also, despite all of the loss that I felt this year, alongside plenty of others that have felt this way, I've also had a lot to gain. And my gratitude and gratefulness for those gains is shooting through the roof. I started a new job here at Investment News that has allowed me to not only grow as a journalist, but it lets me write about these issues that I'm so passionate about, like gender and racial equality and sustainability. And to combine it with finance, what a special place Investment News is to work. So I'm very grateful for the pandemic for bringing me to IN. And without the pandemic and the loss that I felt, I never would have gotten here. So even in my personal life, I've learned to embrace new people and let go of the negative and I hope that that's something that our viewers and readers have also learned this year. 
I'm Jason Anchulis. I handle advertising sales. The number one thing I found this year was um, a shift in priorities where the things that weren't really important to you kind of faded to the background. We talk about that with clients as well, where whether it's a media company, whether it's just something that wasn't truly important to you, they, they, they really seem to take up less space and occupy less space. A lot of the, the, the small stressors, the, the little things that, that used to kind of aggravate you and anything from traffic to bad weather, obviously what's, what's become the most important, I got to say family. It's always been important, but never, never more than, than it has been this year. Keeping everyone safe and, and, and happy and together and connected. While it's always been, been important, it's never been more important. Hi, I'm Tara Means, Director of Event Operations for Investment News. Yeah, so I think for most people in the event industry, we went from, you know, having a full live event portfolio in the beginning of 2020 to the first two months of the year having to pivot an entire live events portfolio overnight. We were five days away from putting on one of our biggest events of the year, Women to Watch, and we canceled that five days before it was meant to go live. So the biggest challenge, I think, for myself and for the team was having to pivot so quickly. Um, there was no time to think. You had to cancel things without knowing if we were ever going to be able to put the event on at all. Um, you had to think quickly, can we put this event on in a few weeks? Can a few months? Do we have to cancel it? It was the unknown that I think hurt a lot of the event business and what made it so hard to plan your year. Also, from a personal side, you know, people juggling work-life balance during all of this was really difficult to manage a team and, and to get everybody through that. Because I think while the events business is known as one of the most stressful jobs you could have, <laughs> 2020 added an entire layer to that that no one was prepared for. So you took an already really stressful career and amplified it by by a million during COVID-19. So I think for me, the struggle of you know what to do with the venues and what to do with the vendors that we had hired and to do all that, it, it felt like an enormous amount of pressure on somebody doing operations for events to kind of get us out of those contracts, work with the venues, work with the vendors, not lose the company a ton of money trying to negotiate out of those. No one had the correct force majeure language in any of their contracts going into this. No one, this wasn't considered an act of God that normally goes into event contracts. So that was really challenging to navigate through. And thankfully, I was able to do it for, for all of our events. But Eight months, nine months later, you're you're still fighting with some of your venues and your vendors, and it was really challenging. So I think every element of an event, that from content to marketing to operations, everything had huge challenges up against it this year. And it was just a matter of having to do that pivot so quickly and having to train yourself overnight on how to be the best virtual event team, in a sense, was really difficult and challenging. But the biggest thing I learned was if you have a great team behind you and you have a lot of support from leadership, that you're going to be fine. It, 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 you're going to be okay. You're going to be able to do it. But all those pieces you know, need to align. And it just was really challenging on us and on the event industry itself, um, just navigating 
almost an entire new industry to, to deal with. Most people are either live event people or virtual event people. You know, I haven't seen much of my career where they, the, the, the two mix prior to this. I only did maybe two virtual events in my entire career. And now we produced close to 30 this year. So um, you have an entire industry now that is trained in both virtual events and also live events. So you did, everybody picked up a new skill set overnight, which is pretty amazing. I think the two biggest takeaways from this year were number one, to be a little more flexible and a little more agile, both personally and professionally, learning how to work in new environments, dealing with people in a whole different way has challenged all of us. And that kind of leads me into my second point, which is is just to smile. I think, you know, there's a lot to be thankful for. And um Smile gets us through all of our hard days, all of our all of our good days, and we can uh, all celebrate together when we are smiling. Hi, I'm Sean Alaka, Deputy Managing Editor. And I think one of the big things that we kind of missed out on 2020, although there was a lot of them, but one of the big things was kind of the lack of um, conferences and in-person kind of communication that we've had in, in previous years especially in this space, I think it's so important, you know, to get in a room with just hundreds of advisors and kind of feel the energy there and kind of what what's resonating with them. So I think that was kind of a challenge for a lot of journalists this year was kind of not being able to get in front of other advisors and really understand kind of what was important to them and what they, the conversations they were having, you know, amongst themselves. So that was, that was an interesting way and something we definitely had to adapt to going virtually, but even that's been extremely successful. And you know, IN's had a great uh, a great season in terms of their conferences. We had a fintech summit that was really great. It had great guests. So it's it's been a crazy year, obviously, but and a lot of adoption and adaptation. But definitely looking forward to a little bit of travel next year and getting out to meet everybody face to face. Hello, this is Mark Sheff. I'm a senior reporter based in Washington. As I look back on 2020, what strikes me is how little I traveled and how much I traveled, relatively speaking, before the pandemic. I have not been in an airport since January. I have not been on a train since February. I have not been outside of Washington since late February when I traveled to New York for an investment news staff meeting. And this has generated both positives and negatives. If not for the pandemic, I would have been going out of town to conferences about every other month this year. The positive side of the of the slowdown in travel is that all of these conferences are now online and I can efficiently hop from one to the other. The drawback is they are all split up over various days online rather than being concentrated at a at a geographic location. When you're in a geographic location, everything occurs. In, in sort of an efficient time frame. When it's an online conference, the, the, it's broken up over days or even a, an entire week or two. And that can be tough to keep up with. Uh, another positive of, of not traveling is I don't have to wrestle with expense reports. But the drawback is I don't develop deeper source relationships that I get from seeing people at conferences. And more importantly, and the reason why I can't wait to get back on the road is uh, when I when I go to conferences, investment advice conferences, and conferences of, of organizations involved in our sector, uh, I, I get to um, broaden my own perspective. 
I mean, I, I, in, in the last year and a half or so, I've traveled to uh, Minnesota and uh, New Orleans for the first time in my life. Uh, the uh, former was for an FPA conference, the latter for an FSI conference. So I, I realized how much I traveled before the pandemic, how little I'm traveling now during the pandemic. And on balance, I'm looking forward to getting back on the road in 2021. I'm Liz Skinner, Senior Special Projects Editor for Investment News, and I'm someone who is very used to getting on a plane at least once or twice every month, either for work or to visit friends and family. So obviously that has changed for me along with the rest of the world. But the lesson for me in 2020 has been that all this crazy traveling around that I seek out isn't just about seeing new and different geography. It's really about connecting with people and the happiness that comes from meeting new contacts for investment news, visiting with friends, or even kind of coming across new people who love travel as much as I do. So trying to replace that happiness has been kind of a stretch to say the least in 2020. Since connecting online is all that we have most of the time, I have learned to take advantage of that. And I really discovered that if you turn on your camera, it genuinely makes connecting with the person on the other side of the computer easier. It just makes you feel a little bit more present if you see your face in a rectangle next to everyone else. Now, of course, the reality of that means inviting your work world into your personal world, which involves more baseball hats, leggings, and messy rooms than I ever really wanted to share. And it hasn't been without its mishaps as well. 2020 has been a year of only really dressing up above the waist. So I'll never forget the look of horror on a webcast guest's face when I stood up during the 30-minute ramp up to our filming and mistakenly revealed that I had on a less than presentable white jean shorts that I had inherited from my teenage daughters. And I also learned that you make people very nervous when you video chat while driving a car. And finally, I stopped trying to limit my steady office mate, which is my dog, Callie from showing up on screen because frankly, she always shows up very presentable. So under normal circumstances, I work from home a lot anyway. And I think that even after the world kind of resumes to normal, when hopefully I'll again be hosting investment news events from wonderful locations like Huntington Beach, I think I'll still continue to video into meetings so that I can feel a little bit more connected to those I'm meeting with, even when I'm doing so in my slippers from my tiny home office. I would say the biggest challenge for this year was starting a new job. Virtually, I felt a little at a disadvantage immediately because I didn't get to meet my colleagues in person. I don't get to have fun water cooler talks. I don't get to shoot the breeze or whatever the phrase is um, during, uh, you know, post-work bar sessions. But Investment News and my, my colleagues on the editorial team have actually done a really great job of filling that gap for me. And they've taken me under their wing, them being much a bit older than I am. But they've done a great job of making me feel included. And that's, been, that's meant a lot to me as someone who's done everything virtually. So that. That was helpful. Having that support helped me overcome that challenge. The biggest challenge has has just been reacting. Um, it, it, it's been living in a reactive world where whatever plans I thought I had and, and <laughs> whatever I thought was going to be happening, 
didn't really matter. Uh, the, the the world sure didn't care about whatever plans we had in place. So that's that, that's definitely one observation. About a couple days right before we were to go live with one of our big virtual events for the year, I found out that I was in fact expecting my second. So it was really exciting, but it was also really terrifying to be expecting during a pandemic. So we were both really, really excited, but we were super scared. I also knew the amount of work I had ahead of me to finish out Q3 and Q4 in the virtual event world. So I got through it. I have an awesome team that was able to get me through it and, you know, and we're excited. So we're, yeah, we're expecting our second in June. So, uh, you know, like anybody else right now who's dealing with this, in a sense, they, you know, like I said, it's super exciting, but really scary because you just, the unknown is, is, is so big right now um, with all of that and how it's going to go. But uh, for right now, I mean, I'm kind of just happy that I get to do it from home. I guess I don't have to commute into the city every single day and I can, you know, carry out the rest of this pregnancy, like at being at home. Um, So that's kind of a blessing. And yeah, so we're excited. So on the personal front, uh, funny enough, I was driving to a, a, a bridal shower and hit a black bear and totaled my car this summer, which was totally unexpected. And most people have never heard of anyone hitting a black bear, which has been a very funny story now that everyone's okay. Uh, but I think it just goes back to my theme about being resilient and in dealing with whatever life has to throw at you. Work-wise, I think you know the volume of work has been extremely challenging and we've been trying to do a lot. We have done a lot as a company and learning how to work at a new pace and focus on what's important has been paramount to being successful this year. The the kind of the silver lining, it's kind of ironic, but just without the travel, everyone's kind of schedule kind of freed up a little bit more. Their calendars freed up and everybody was really willing to jump on a virtual conference or just, just on a quick phone call to touch base or to, to get some, some facts or quotes. So, I mean, everybody was very willing to jump on board and, and participate and, and talk to journalists. So, I mean, that was great. I think the coverage didn't suffer so much as I maybe had thought it might in March when we heard about, you know, all the lockdowns, which was sort of surprising to me. But yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing, you know, I'm just looking forward the most is to getting out in front of people again and traveling, getting out to different, you know, cities that I haven't been to before. I mean, that's always kind of the the perk of this that we've missed in, in 2020. Not so much the, the journalist, uh, the journalism, but kind of more on, on the personal level. I'm looking forward to that. The biggest challenge was to be confined, really, to my neighborhood and the immediate surrounding area. I, I really didn't even get downtown to the Investment News Washington, D.C. Bureau office a whole lot. And um, that's difficult, especially for someone used to going to the National Press Club all the time, for instance. And I overcame it just by uh, being grateful that uh, while I was confined, I, 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 my job continued to, to go on. Being confined with nothing to do would have been devastating. I'm extremely proud of the way that Investment News responded to, to 2020. Everything from having to shift to remote and not skipping a beat and continuing to put out smart content that's really being appreciated by our audience. I'm extremely proud of that. Within the industry itself, again, watching what's been going on within diversity and inclusion and having it really turn the corner from 
just something we talk about to something that we in the industry at large have started adding some 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 verbs to and some action items and and you're really seeing a lot of changes i i mean when you see things like washington football team <laughs> changing their name when 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 you see things like nascar banning confederate flags military bases being renamed from confederate soldiers you know you're 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 seeing real change a uh, long 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 way to go but i didn't think we we'd, we'd be seeing any of that this year and I'm, I'm very happy that we are in terms of the the industry i think probably the biggest successes have been i guess some of the virtual conferences i want to keep harping back to that but i mean you know when we first started out in the beginning of the year it was obviously everything was so crazy we didn't know what to do and just everyone being able to shift gears and to turn everything virtual and even when i did hear all the conferences going virtual i'm like these are going to be sort of a virtual, you know, like more like a webinar, you know, you're not going to have all of that experience and all of those kind of interesting communications with different people and kind of off the cuff stuff that you might have, you know, like a happy hour or something. But to my surprise, actually, some of the events, the Schwab, some a lot of them, some of the bigger ones were really just as good. I mean, yes, they were virtual, but the quality of the content, the quality of the conversations, it really surprised me. It shocked me. And I was pleasantly surprised to attend a lot of them. And the other good thing is you got to attend one like every week. There was so many, you, you didn't have to travel. It, it wasn't costing so much. You didn't have to get it put up in a hotel. So you could get all of this great content that wasn't literally wasn't there last year. Now it magically was there. You could get it when you wanted it on demand. Uh, it, I mean, it was there was a lot of interesting things that happened in terms of that in 2020. And I would say in, in terms of IN, I think one of the major sets, they launched the, the IN FinTech Summit, which was a three-day event. It was really great. I mean, we, the, the, like I said, the, the content that we got, we had Joe Duran, Michael Kitsis, Danny Fava from InvestNet was our fireside to end the conference. And she did an excellent job. I, we've heard great things about it. And we're looking forward to, to doing it again next year. So, and hopefully maybe in person. So, yeah, I think that was a big win and, and it, was a, it was a great, uh, great to be a part of it. I'm looking forward to maintaining this new version of myself in a sense, that person who is more interested in staying woke, in being educated, in never shutting the blinders and keeping my eyes open to everything that the that 2020 has brought us. I think that's what I'm most looking forward to is that is this, um, you know, kind of evolution of a person that I am and the world is, and that's going to continue to 2021 and more dialogue is going to turn into action. And I think that's the most important thing. Oh my God. Well, besides personally just welcoming, you know, a new baby into the family, I cannot wait to get back to live events. <laughs> I did never thought in a million years I would miss it so much. I love doing the virtual events, but at the same time, I miss seeing our attendees and our clients and being with our team at a live event, you know, being with the multimedia team, being with the events team and the sales team and the marketing team and getting to, you know, see people from all of our different offices at a live event and getting to see our clients that we get to see, you know, once or twice a year from the event side at, at these events. So I'm really looking forward to getting back into that and um, seeing everybody again and trying to get back to some sort of normalcy with events. Well, I don't think events are going to come back completely in 2021, 
Um, I think we will start seeing them come back in Q3 and Q4, you know, in a hybrid model. But we're, you know, we're planning for that now. And I think that'll be really exciting to, to get back on the road again. Not saying the word 2020, I got to imagine is going to feel pretty good. I talked to my, my friends and family and my clients, and then when we talk about the cavalry's coming, and it feels like we're, we're seeing them on the horizon right now. Looking, for, looking forward to going to a Cubs game, to be completely honest with you. Just uh, getting with 45,000 of my friends and, uh, and, and, and cheering on the Cubbies, I think will be a real welcome back to normal experience for me. What I'm looking forward to most in 2021 is regularly interacting not only with friends, but acquaintances and even complete strangers. <laughs> the only uh, person I see and talk to every day is my wife. And as much as I love her, I, I can't wait to re-expand the boundaries of my life and, and interact with folks, uh, especially in a way that I can um, understand them clearly because sometimes it's hard to discern what people are saying through a mask. Yeah, so on uh, March 12th, I was picked up from New York and brought a, a carry-on suitcase home full of pajamas thinking I would be at home in Philadelphia in my childhood bedroom for two weeks at the most, which now has turned into nine months. And I'm so incredibly grateful for the time with my family. I think it's brought us closer than we've ever been. My sister is a chef, so I've been I joke that I gained the uh, COVID-19 in this whole uh, pandemic because I've been eating so well, but uh, it certainly has been a challenge. I mean, let's face it, all of our Wi-Fi bandwidths are at capacity. I'm constantly freezing every day because we have four people working in a home office here. But at the end of the day, I think the lines between work and home have become really blurred and um, it's been really helpful having a support system near and dear. Thanks, Jeff and Bruce. I am so excited for my first appearance on the Investment News Podcast. You guys have done a great job all year. So when I look ahead to 2021, I think the story of the year is going to be more people going independent. The COVID world has created a comfort level that didn't exist before for advisors that felt they had to stay with the big home office firm. And I think they've seen that they can operate independently, and you are just going to see these trends accelerate. Have a great holiday season, everybody, and we look forward to working with you in the new year. Well, that was really a special episode of the Investment News Podcast. We want to say happy holidays to everybody, and that was the last podcast of the year. We're not going to post an episode on December 28th, but we will be back in 2021. First podcast will be posted on January 4th, and that's going to be a deep dive about RIAs and the red hot, blistering hot mergers and acquisitions marketplace with Mark Bruno, Managing Director at Echelon Partners and a former colleague of ours here at Investment News. You're going to love that episode. Trust me. For Right now, we want to thank all our guests who were on this episode, and that's, you know, the six or seven people from the IN staff. We really appreciate you coming on, and thank you so much for your time. Uh, we also want to thank Stephen Lamb, our producer. If it's Monday, you can find the Investment News Podcast at investmentnews.com. 
Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Leave us a review on Apple Five Stars, of course. And follow us on Spotify. Punch that Spotify button, please, folks. Our Twitter handles, in case you have a question or a comment. Jeff Benjamins is at Benji Ryder, and me, I'm Bruce Kelly, I'm at PD News Guy. Stay tuned, and we'll be talking to you in 2021. 